0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Happy Friday. It is August 27th. The summer is seriously coming to a close in the next few weeks. I'd like to push it all the way till September 22nd when it really switches over. Official? But yes. So, um, it's another heavy week, but I'm trying to be positive here because there are good <laughs> things in the world, and we're going to talk about them. Uh, one of the good things in the world is that our lives are getting a little bit better as women. Greg, thank you for helping us get there. Yeah, yes, happy
2: to do it. Uh,
1: happy yeah. you,
0: you personally, become, thank pl- you. Greg. Please elaborate, but I will. I'm here to
2: take all the credit, uh, as I should.
1: Yesterday was uh, Women's Equality Day. Uh, Mara, on a happy note, do you feel like we're making progress? Oh, see, now I feel like the
0: schmo. No, I don't. you don't. So So that
2: was our happy segment. I know, that's that's right. That was it. That was all we we had.
0: That was all we had. So let's Uh. start with the happy part, you know. (laughs) This week there were several celebrations, the awareness. There was a great rally at the Capitol. I thought that was all really well represented. The bummer was earlier this week, or at the end of last week, yet another report came out putting Utah number 50 for... Quality issues for women. Super bummer. But really, here's what disappointed me the most. I'm reading the article in the Tribune. So this is mm-hmm. the Tribune, right? And they <laughs> sort of did this aspirational comparison to how we can close the gap with number 49, Idaho. And I thought, oh, no, no. If we're aspiring to 49, this is really <laughs> bad We should enough. shoot for yeah. the stars and like, really, like, let's, just shoot. Let's aspire for 33 or yeah. something, like, but, nice and, but, you know. You know, it's...
2: A, Okay, this is our happy segment. But let me just say women in the workforce doesn't isn't you, you can't just automatically describe that as progress. I would argue that my mother's a working single mom. The fact that she was in the work workforce wasn't a massive accomplishment. It was a, a necessity and a and a reality. But the world wouldn't have been a worse place if my mother could have been able to raise me I don't and stay disagree. home. And I had why a, stay-at-home is that such mom. a Why is that such a definition? My yeah, grandma too. My I'm, grandma had to work every day of her life and raise kids. Why is that it's so true, important? But here's the Isn't interesting thing. Isn't a good thing. thing?
1: So I applaud all stay-at-home moms. If your family can have a stay-at-home mom and have a mom there yeah. who's there full time, like my mom that was baking bread, making homemade yogurt. I had nothing store-bought. I think my first store-bought dress was when I was 16. So if you could do that, Awesome. But also, if women make the choice to go to work, I would like women to be paid equal to men, have the same abilities, uh, respect, chances for jobs. And I think we're getting there. We were just talking about the gubernatorial debate. I was a woman who was allowed to host a debate with four men on the stage, which was super <laughs> awesome, which doesn't always happen. It doesn't even strike so me as, as, a, as that
2: being a move. Like, I, so, I didn't even know so that would be I a just moment. Have, I,
1: I, I, was, I just
0: want to have an awareness I moment. To I felt like I had a moment. Thank you. I, I
2: expected you to be there.
0: <laughs> These two are making eye contact, just for those listeners. We are fighting. So, <laughs> I, so Mr. Greg Hughes, yes. I just want to point out that when I said, you know, equality, yes. You without asking, <laughs> hmm, I wonder what the definition is that she's speaking of. She, you immediately went to, well, the women folks should be able to work if they want. So that, that's a good measure. That's one metric. But you wholesale just made that conversation about whether women should be mothers only or mothers and workers. Now, let me just give you yeah. a couple of other metrics that we okay. were perhaps looking at All ears. for equality. I can't wait. A really big one for the state of Utah's representation. We are the worst in the U.S. Now, here's why I want to give this a shout out is because we have a lot of women engaged in civic life. So why are, are we not making it to the elected chair?
1: Which Greg so, noticed the other day. Yes. Remember that meeting where it was everyone there for masks? It was like the mama
0: bears that were there. Yeah. Yes. So
1: mama bears run for office. And we
0: hear and we're, we have a voice. So as Heidi said, this isn't all bad news. This is not a and it's not just about motherhood and working it's about why aren't we electing women at a higher level why aren't women what we know is that women often seek permission to do things they they don't feel as qualified inherently they don't have as inflated organic natural egos like they need more permissions but i just want to say i want to note that you defined equality fully on whether i was choosing to stay home with my children i always hear the glass
2: ceiling and and wages and things like that fair enough i i in this question you're going to just accuse me of being patronizing which i'm not (laughs) <laughs> um, but can we give some space for women watching a political landscape and deciding they don't want to engage in that and, and not being wrong for not wanting to, is there something wrong I think with that's that?
1: that's fine, but I want women to know that they have a place there and that their voice matters. And 100%. so I, I agree. and the pro- part of the problem with not electing women is not as many people are running, women are running. So we need more women to run in the first place. So If you're listening to us and you are on the sidelines, just try it.
0: We're underperforming on almost every metrics for women. And so, Greg, I think one of the things I'm going to give you credit for, because we've discussed... Many a time off the air, women <laughs> equality. Yes. and I just think we have the first step is acknowledging, and yeah. acknowledging doesn't mean that there's anyone t- to blame at that side. But for whatever reason, in Utah, women are not in the boardroom as much. They're not in the primary principal seat as much. They're not. It's it's not to say it's an e- either or that they're not influential. But I do think it makes sense. This is year after year where we're at the bottom of the chart. For and it's a certain level of accountability, but so are our top five economics, right? I understand it's yeah. a list, but we have to hear that women are underrepresented in most.
2: So I'm gonna, marks. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go to a place where this will be positive. I think. Okay. But I never get okay, all the go. memos on what's yeah. right, you know, what's politically we'll correct or anything. So if I never is. know if it okay. is or not. <laughs> but I think I'm on, I'm on to something here. I I believe that what we've seen happening in our schools, whether you're pro-masks, anti-masks, whether you're pro-racist, uh, racist, critical racist theory. Please d- do r- not be a critical pro-racist. Race theory, I, critical not, race but. theory, whether it's a, a vehicle to teach all the rest of the curriculum, pro or con, whatever it is. I believe that there is a, mo- I've called it before, the mom revolution. I think there are moms, mama bears, protecting cubs that are m- more vocal. I think it's why you saw in this Zoom meeting with the governor with all the, Superintendents of every public school, every school district. And the governor's saying, "Hey, I'll give you the authority to, uh, to ban uh, or to mandate masks in your schools." And they said, "Hey, you're going to cause a battlefield in these schools. We, we no, thank you.' you we're not we don't want you to do that to us. I think there's there should be a lot of wind at the backs of women who want to further engage, further further call people out, further you know, run for office, the needle has moved as of late on education policy, and I would put that squarely in the, uh, at, the, at the feet of, of, of outraged or concerned mothers. And I think that they should continue that effort uh, in school board elections and legislative elections and anything else that they can. I mean, I, I just, or that energy, not that topic, but that energy and that, and that uh, intensity. Has been felt by yeah. me. I yeah. felt it. So
0: I mean, moms are important. You thought moms that are I critical. see your look. You
2: thought that was patronizing. It, didn't you? but I
0: mean, because I hear you and I, I love what you just I was said. Just trying to be so but, positive. You know, we I were really talking was. about I women, and it. one of the roles that women play are moms. But we, <laughs> I want us to fill out that that's just not the that that's a critical role for many women. But I'm talking about a dollar on a dollar. I'm talking about getting elected. I'm talking about flexibility. I'm talking about having a seat at the table. And I just am saying that. We have study after study. So here's the good news. There are remedies for this, and most of it is is conscientiousness, and most of it is us believing that um, it's real and that there may be awarenesses that we can be. I'm saying women need to earn it, and I think women are earning it. So I just wanted to point out once again, we were at the bottom of the list. We can't aspire to close the gap to 49th on idaho i don't want to close the gap to idaho i want to stick and i want to like land it at 26 next year and the
1: funny thing is we let out this when you go way back to polygamous times in utah we're taking one of those women a polygamist wife who beat her husband in an right. election and we're putting her in washington so we started out rocking and rolling hey hey mara
2: i hope I, I supported that when i was Polygamy? a public servant no the, the <laughs> statute change the total the this change of the statute from uh Philo, what's his name? Philo Farnsworth. Philo yeah. T. Farnsworth. Yes, mm-hmm. the guy that invented the TV. Um, I, I've, I supported that, so I want some credit right now. Yeah.
1: You know, you should have supported it. Yeah. So well done. High five. Thank you. Thanks. It really is a great story, yeah. though. Where you can beat your own husband. Who dares yeah. run against their husband? Yeah. How great is that? So. Well, we it's have funny. two. So I was so just
2: going to
0: say. I'm going to take a non sequitur really quick. But like there are if, for all of our Sandy listeners, just, did we talk about this? Sandy City has 15 people running for mayor right now. And they have a lot. They have two husband-wife couples included in that
1: Ooh, two I didn't realize like that. one was
0: impressive but they have two husband and wives i yeah. find this the quirkiest thing ever and if you live in sandy you have the most interesting first time ranked choice voting ever okay
1: well i'm gonna go <laughs> check into that see yeah that's super interesting i knew they had a lot of names i was looking through um some of them and so interesting oh, all right, right. Yeah. yeah
2: well it's a twofer you vote for the f- you vote for the household you got two votes automatically if the one on yeah so choice one voting. of you and you maybe. know maybe
1: and depending on how it works, you know, whether you're the head or the neck that turns you in the right direction, you know, you're That's both gonna right. say. So
2: I don't think I'd win a race against my wife, Krista, if she campaigned hard enough. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just I'm coming clean right Your now. Your wife is sharp. I'm not an elected official anymore, so I can, I can admit these things. Yeah, I think she'd beat me. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm not yeah. being patronizing. No. I swear it on my life. She
0: has my vote. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Interesting stuff.
2: <laughs> Others, too. Hey, while so. we've been
1: talking about mama bears in mass, uh, we do need to recognize uh, that I think just about all of our schools are back in session now. I could be wrong if you have a district that's not. Don't yell at me. Uh, I do know Utah State uh, still has to start. BYU will start a couple weeks after that. So we're getting back to school. Salt Lake City seemed to have a successful back-to-school week, uh, wearing masks, no major problems. The other districts seem to be doing okay, too. So I guess we will watch and wait and see what happens. Today, though, uh, Friday, both Utah State University and the University of Utah have said they will mandate the vaccine Um, more information is coming out on that. But as always, here in the state of Utah, you have the ability to opt out of the vaccine if you want. So there's a mandate, but there's also an out if you need one. So
2: I can't wait to watch this roll out. This is going to be... I don't know what Democrats, liberals are going to do with this because we've heard a lot about... the vaccine mandate? Yes, because we've heard a lot about equity. Not equality, but equity. Anything that impacts a minority class differently than the majority class of people is deemed to be racist, okay? So... Or inequitable. Or inequitable. Maybe. So if you one of your largest demographics of unvaccinated Americans are black Americans and Latino Americans, okay? Tell me how this is not going to disproportionately harm people that have not been vaccinated, uh, maybe not even trusted. It's not an access issue. There's some trust issues here as well. How do liberals... How do they comport the we're going to mandate everyone if you want to have a job or we're going to we're going to do the equivalent of a poll tax and take from your salary if you don't over here and have an impact. If you look at the age group that's unvaccinated of black Americans, 75 percent of black Americans may be impacted negatively by this mandate. Tell me how that's not racist. If that's the if that's the narrative, I'm telling you, I just cannot wait to see liberals who want mandates, vaccination mandates and And say that anything that disproportionately impacts black America is racist. How do you do both? I want to know how both of those things happen.
0: So, first, I'm going to give you the conflation award for the week. Thank you. So, well done. Well done taking that. I'm just trying to keep you guys consistent. I'm just just keeping it consistent. Consistent thought. These liberals that you're talking about run the. BYU and then they run Utah State. So, uh, there's, there's although BYU doesn't have a vaccine mandate, they have d- a mass mandate. mandate. So the vaccine but mandate is at the U. When and you're Utah looking State. at mandates, yeah, right now in Utah, which is what the topic was, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that it's a liberal bend. It, there's a chance <laughs> that it has something to do with healthcare, and uh, I think what mm-hmm. thing that I've heard that is important is you can opt opt out. And I do think along with these are coming more accessibility issues. I think for the FDA, full approval last week was really important for a lot of people. And um, the rest that have hesitations, my understanding are is that there are pathways in which you could opt out of There this. are.
1: There's a form uh, basically for all vaccines in the state of Utah, whether it's the ones you go to sc- uh, elementary school, you know, that you need for. And Utah has more options to opt out than most states i believe there's one for religious beliefs medical and then if you have if um, you love
2: freedom and you want to make decisions for your own that's not how they define it but yes
1: philosophical reasons which which i don't think most states have that philosophical out so it's a form you used to have to go pick up actually at the salt lake county health department i think you can go online now i don't it's been a while since i've looked at i think you can go online you probably have to watch a video and then you can digitally sign and opt-out. So people have that it's option. It's interesting
0: that these institutions are coming to it independently. It's also interesting, you know, this conversation that Governor Cox has had over the last couple of weeks with education and yes. what he wants to do. I mean, that's such an – i my impression is that Governor Cox is in more of a middle centrist position than, mm-hmm. than the legislature has been, and how he's trying to thread this has been, I think, interesting because he's been very hesitant to make – Strong declaratives, but uh, but if you read his actions, he's a little more in tune with um what I'll say a mandate or a, or sort of a qualification. Yes, yeah, sure. so and I don't know
1: how many of you have friends behind the scenes still who've been listening in, but my understanding there was there was some kind of executive meeting this week where they sat down and talked about right. whether there would be an executive order. I don't know that those specific words were used, but no, something were. coming from the governor's office. So, what do you know about it, Greg? Um,
2: I have two very reliable sources kay. that were directly uh privy to the meeting this was a meeting of health uh county health directors health department directors from across the state as well as superintendents from uh i believe every single school district had had their superintendent on the zoom meeting as well and uh the the proffer from the governor it was the governor and lieutenant governor uh leading the meeting that uh I think they led the meeting with An- Dr. Angela Dunn giving some s- data, sharing okay. data that they're, she's seeing and that she's concerned about. Uh, why
1: was Dr. Dunn leading that? Because she's not the state epidemiologist Interesting. Anymore. I think
2: because she was with the state, I think that's maybe there was a familiar. She's still there. their favor. And really, she's one of the loudest voices on the mandates. You, you don't have other health department directors that are as strident as she's been about this, but you do have doctors that are leading health de- county health departments, And but they haven't been as strong in terms of uh, – wanting to see a mandate in schools, as you've seen, as Dr. Dunn has been. So uh, they led the conversation, uh, both the governor and lieutenant governor. But the offer was this. I wa- The governor wanted to empower the school districts uh, and their superintendents to be able to make this decision for of, of whether there's a mask mandate or not for their school district. And that was received negatively by the superintendents because they felt that and I think it was more political. I think they felt that they were being they were more of a political pawn at that point because not making that decision yeah. but leaving it for them to make was not something that they were looking for by way of leadership from the governor or a decision that they were ready to take on. Part of the context of that are how contentious their board meetings have been in the last year, the the, the high emotion that's going on inside these schools, at, in these school districts. And this looked like this was going to – one quote I heard was uh, – they want to turn our schools into a battleground, and we're not going to be the ones doing that. And so there's that re- that was, there was that resistance. I think that meeting ended with a uh, pretty strong uh, understanding that sc- there wasn't any school districts that wanted to have that authority to do it. There was, one, there was a school district that spoke up and said, I'd love a mandate, but I want you to make it for the whole state, not me.
1: What <laughs> district was that? Do we know?
2: I do, but I'm not divulging. And then uh, another one. Mm. Another what does it one, rhyme
0: with? <laughs>
2: <I don't, laughs> this is just us talking, right? This isn't going out to like everybody under uh, the millions that listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to the millions of our, our millions of listeners. Um, and then there was another one that said, hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't want to state mandate. We, we had a, we had another school uh, school district superintendent that indicated they'd been in school on going on three weeks and that they were not seeing the same data that was being uh, discussed or that people were, were – were fearful of so there was a robust discussion i got a hand i got my hats off to education leaders it's a hard thing to do to speak with the governor and lieutenant governor and to push back it's just it's hard to push back uh and you know anyway and for them to to really let there be no misunderstanding of where they were that's not an easy meeting to engage in and i think it takes a lot of leadership to Express the concern they do. you did. have
0: inside sources too, Mara, that were listening into the meeting? No, I mean I one of the I I, I heard a similar tact and that they really were were clear about the pushback. I wanted to find though the pushback. The pushback was don't make us the patsies on this. So yeah. there there's mixed feelings about masks and vaccines from a lot of different voices that we've talked about over and over. But it was an interesting moment because from what I understand, they sort of called the governor's bluff on no. If you want this, then you show the leadership to do that. Take the political hit hit or or, goodwill, whatever comes with it. And don't have us once again be the line of fire. Now, I would add to that that I think that the mandate that the legislature passed Mm -hmm. about not having mandates, which is, in fact, a a directive, I think that also put – um, the schools between a rock and a hard place. I think you see the governor and the legislature to some degree not helping. They did this the last time around, too, where they punted to local jurisdictions. And then there's a lot of criticism of local jurisdictions. There's been a ton of criticism of done. And yet I look at her and say, no, yeah, she's delivering it, her data, and she's doing what she thinks is Mara, in the interest. So not there's ban. room to disagree with her, it, but I think she's Mara, doing her it's job. It's not
2: a ban because we know that Grand County and Moab, those schools will have ma- – their students are going to have masks, Summit County – uh with the schools in Park City and Summit County they're going to have it because they have a process where they where what the legislature did say is that if it's a medical issue you need the the county the state or county's health department to be assessing and making those decisions however the ultimate decision would be would rest upon those that are duly elected from that jurisdiction be it the county or in the governor's case it would be the state and the legislature would either accept it or not You want that, I promise you, because if you take the topic away and you put it into, say, wars in the military, you would never just leave for military generals who've been educated, gone to military school, know everything about winning a war to make the final decision whether to go to war or not. Those decisions rest with a Congress and with a commander-in-chief to make that because they've been sent by the people to represent them. That's the form of government we have. It's the one that we shouldn't interrupt by way of emergency declarations if we do – It better be an emergency that we're not debating. It better be, and we don't debate fires. We don't debate floods. We don't debate those things. We can intuitively see what an emergency is where your processes in government are going to be suspended and you're going to do something. We cannot get used to suspending our laws under emergency edicts, and I think that, I think the legislature put some context to So you're to that.
0: speaking of Mayor Mendenhall, but my question to you would be, why did you object? She's apparently called and used the Emergency Act, I think, 19 or 20 times in the same time period, and the only one anyone's objecting to is her mask mandate. Well, I, so I, why I objected were the to, others to the fireworks,
2: valid. too. I thought the fireworks was an, was was a, a power she didn't have either. Uh, I just think So why
0: isn't this just a political jurisdictional fight? Why is this about well, freedom and democracy? Yeah, I would when argue. And really that isn't it about exercising a local jurisdiction muscle that the <laughs> no. legislature does. Mara, doesn't to like? your
2: point, the more you don't you don't stop someone from just creating their own law, or reverse engineering what they want to do and finding vague language that they think justifies it, that you, you should stop that. It shouldn't have gone that many times. It shouldn't have happened. It's happened I, I couldn't tell you how many, but I do know that in the fireworks statute cities have the ability to to ban fireworks on the right. foothills in certain places she just said everyone everyone everywhere there's nothing in the law that allows for that but there wasn't a pushback and then in the same summer you saw her pull uh, authorities or or contrive some thor- some emergency power authority that she fundamentally doesn't have and uh but to your point if you don't stop it if you don't bring it up you're gonna get more of it i think so i think that's where i at some point Something had to be said, and I think the legislature has said something.
0: Yeah, they right. said they're going to punish her.
1: Um, I'm going to let Greg segue us into the next segment. Uh, you used the word war powers there just a second ago, so I want to talk a little bit about Afghanistan. We talked about it last week and said, okay, we're not going to solve all of these problems, but it seems like our problems have gotten worse in the last couple of days. We've lost at least 13 of our U.S. service members with the what we believe are ISIS- bomb vests that went off and killed dozens of civilians in Afghanistan at least 13 of our service members 10 of them Marines who were out there helping people trying to get them to safety Mara you start on this one I want to talk first not so much about what happened there but the reaction from President Biden he addressed the nation how did he do in your book
0: You know, he was clear and he was definitive, and um, I think he's sticking with a narrative we can't lose, which is we needed to withdraw, and I think that's his safe ground because I think most of us are saying, well, we could have done it better, right? So, you know, if you just talk about his positioning, he stuck with the universal, and I think we can't lose track of the fact that we needed to withdraw, and I think that everybody expected it to—well— it's reasonable to assume it wouldn't be seamless. It is unacceptable the, to the degree in which we've botched it. So um, I think that from a position of, well, reminding us that we all agree that it had to happen, it was a strong statement. Yeah. But the fact that he's, he's doing what politicians do, which is not acknowledging sometimes what's not going right, right? Um, that's true and I think that what this was was really pivotal right this wasn't an event in which you say oh we had a bad day (laughs) let's move on this was a really pivotal thing for a couple of reasons one I want to give props to to the administration and the military for the fact that as quickly as possible we resumed people getting out and the only reason I give props there is for all of us what's most important is that people are getting out so um the military got their heads back in the game and they got people back on planes as soon as possible. And I think we did do that well. Uh, it doesn't alleviate the fact that we had this. The other introduction, which is really critical is this is isis so this isn't the taliban right this yeah. is a different entity taliban's telling us that they didn't aid it but that is you know so bringing isis know. into yeah. this game is really complicated complicated for the american situation there complicated for a near term so i think he went with political survival and he's certainly not acknowledging that the on the ground right now it's not going well in the introduction in the introduction of isis into this is um catastrophic in many ways yep. yeah
1: i did appreciate that he took questions yesterday because so often i feel like our presidents say have have their say and walk away and there's so many questions that want to be asked and need to be answered so i appreciate he uh took questions i'm not a huge fan of how they started out and i'm sure it just came out wrong pr wise but they probably shouldn't be predetermining who gets to ask questions or what those questions were to his credit he ended with um Peter Ducey from Fox News, I can't imagine that they chose his question. <laughs> but I do think it's important to be answering the questions on people's minds because it's easy to come out there with a preformed statement that six people have worked on all day long to make the words perfect, but sometimes just answering people's questions is good. So I think he wins points in that he was answering questions.
2: That's, that's a really low bar, I, but it is a bar because it's one that he typically avoids. He doesn't ask questions. I'll tell you, the, the, if, y- if you're watching close enough, the, the, the big reveal here – on how this media treats Biden or the administration comes from a press pool that has foreign correspondents. People, there are journalists in front of the Pentagon briefing that are not American journalists. When um when you can, and I and I I listen to this, so I hear if I hear an accent that sounds like they're American, I would assume it's an American journalist asking a question. How many people left to move out uh, to get to evacuate out of Afghanistan? We don't know. Next question, a foreign journalist asks, and I. Assume their form because they have a very thick and heavy accent as they're tra- asking their question. Maybe it's not, maybe I shouldn't assume that. But I hear a question asked very similar because they heard the answer. How many – because the question was how many people generally and, and who are they? Yeah. Uh, we don't know. They said, well, how many – drills down. How many Americans left to evacuate out of Afghanistan? Answer, we don't know. Follow-up, and this is the key, follow-up. How do you not know? how is that possible to be uh, do to be engaged in an evacuation mission and not know that right there is what the american american journalists are not doing they do not ask the follow up question because the answer is unacceptable the follow up is absolutely relevant and his and the pentagon's answer to that was go ask the state department they have information on those on those numbers it is it reveals the kind of incompetence that's happening. So when I hear that, you know, withdrawal is going to be painful inherently, every withdrawal looks the same, they don't. And there is a level of incompetency happening here. There, I think there's a lack of empathy. I mean, to think of that bomb going off at that Abbey Gate at that Cabal Airport yesterday and those people that died, it is just not, it's worse than Saigon. It's worse than than the things we see. You know, it is. And and I'm, and I'm done Listening to excuses and finger pointing to go ask the State Department or well, everything's fine. People can get out. Really? Go talk to those 13 families whose Marines died yesterday.
0: So I I appreciate the passion. I think it's completely Sorry. unfair and called uncalled for that you're suggesting that Biden— who is a lifelong public servant and no one in his administration doesn't care about. It's a failure,
2: Mara. It's an absolute abject failure. There's no experience that has led to this moment. There's nothing good that's happened here. So,
0: Greg, I already told you I agree that we haven't executed well, but you upped the ante and spoke to people's intent, Absolutely. and it's uncalled for. I think that that you can't berate that every American putting themselves in harm way care. I think that the administration cares. I think everybody cares. And I think um, the rhetoric of the personal has and will continue to be um, um, well, let me take this and I unproductive will say a little, one step further. This last I want Liz th-
2: Cheney on that fence at Abbey Gate, okay? I want Dick Cheney on that fence at Abbey Gate. I want George W. Bush and his kids at that fence at Abbey Gate at that Caball Airport, okay? I'm not talking just this administration. We could have got out of there or should have got out of there long, long ago. Every single person that's pushed this mission to this point, I want to see their kids standing up on that gate trying to protect people. I'm just tired of it, and I'm and I'm saying you. there is there are air conditioned offices where people are making decisions, and then there are people that are that are having to live and follow those orders, and it is a it is oceans apart in reality. So
0: let me tell you from experience what's really helpful when people are in crisis, and it is to allow um, Getting rational like and same. Yeah, that's exactly. What I was going to say irrationality helps. I think what's wrong right now is a 24 hour news cycle in which pundits like us just want to start in real time and dieting instead of sticking with what is happening. Now, again, I'll, I join
2: talking points. Mara. I
0: join you in saying this is not going well. And I join, I mean, I have never, I, I have yet to defend I know. That I, agree. I think this was been yep. seamless, but I also find the unproductiveness of starting the post-warmongering, you know, the post-side is not helpful during the middle of it. And so I think our questions for ourselves right now are what do we expect? What do we need to see? What do we have to have confidence in?
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of ways they can go about getting this information, whether they set up a website where people can register the need to get out, or even calling our senators or congresspeople. I was speaking to Senator Lee's staff. Um, they were in KUTV studios this week, and I was talking to him. And interestingly enough, I don't know how much people know about what their senators do, and it's not just their votes, but you can call up your senator or your congressperson, and they can help you push a case through if you're having issues with it, and they can file the paperwork. And Senator Lee and Senator Romney are the only senators that I know of, at least that I've heard of, that have actually joined the effort, so their caseloads are together. So if you have the power of one senator, you have the power of the other senator. They can't tell me how many people they're working on, because I think there's disclosures when they call, but they have... A large group of people, it sounds like, that either have family in Utah, connections to Utah, citizens, or have the right visas that they're trying to get out of Afghanistan. And I do think that if they did a better job at maybe talking to our congressional offices that are trying to do the legwork here, they could probably get a better count and maybe answer those questions because I know there's a lot of work going on from a lot of people but it's sometimes like the communications business, the right hand. Have you not heard talking about this this
2: contractor who's made a king's ransom doing the contract work out there that's charging sixty five hundred bucks a I person to s- fly him out? That. I wanna strangle that guy. That he would profit off of the madness going on over there right now, and not just instinctively want to get people out as, as safe and as quick as they can, he's charging them. The to other get out thing of there. that
0: we do know is that we'll still have this crisis after we reach the arbitrary deadline, right? Yeah. And so, um, a couple of things that we'll just go hyper local for a minute. Good for Governor Cox for being among the first to say our doors are open. So we can figure out along that line because this is this is we often are there this happens with natural disasters as well we're often there for the 15 minutes and we're not there for the long haul so i think one of the things that we can all personally say to ourselves is this is a long haul that all the people who need to get out are not going to be out next week so what where are these hotlines where do we keep i've I've been i've I've been heartened by the number of Americans, several former majors and generals, who are sort of re-engaging and saying, "I have contacts there. Yeah. I want to use different ways, not not by charging them a, a, yeah. a, a ransom to coyote them through, but like, yeah. but I do think that." Um, there's a level to be charged against the execution of this. I hear that part. But I also think there's work to be done. And so why don't we, I think every time we move this to just political grounds and don't move it to, There are still people on the ground. So why don't we use the forces we have? Why don't we demand of our administration what we want? But let's be clear. And then why don't we ourselves start engaging in? A lot of Afghani refugees are going to come to America, are going to come to Utah. Um,
1: There's going to be a lot of humanitarian help need, And, like, what extra furniture can you get them? Where do we find some place to live, which is probably going to be the biggest stumbling block. But but let
2: me me just tell you, and I— I know you're saying we shouldn't be post, doing post-mortem while we're in the event, and that's what it sounds like I'm doing. What I'm really doing is our news cycles come and go so fast. We move on to the where are we, we going to buy the couches for the people that are here when people are stuck there right now. And I believe what I'm hearing from that administration is a, uh, they still think they have an optics problem, and they've got a catastrophe on their hands, and I don't think you hear from them the kind of catastrophe we have and what it's going to take when that deadline passes – and the Taliban no longer, you're, they've given you permission to be there anymore, okay? and we know there'll be people there, then what? I, it's, it's good to talk about what we'll do to, to accommodate people that we're trying to evacuate. There are people that are not va- evacuated yet, and they're still there. And I swear to you, watch those, those press conferences. They want to they frame and, and create a narrative that things are okay, that we're doing this all right. They wanna, they're, they're playing damage control, and I don't want damage control. I want to know. If you have to reset, admit that it's wrong, and send the cavalry and send everyone back in there to find a safe passage for people to safely get out, do it if that's what it takes. They're not, it, we're not even having that discussion right I,
0: now. I know you disagree with this, but I will <laughs> say I, I do have a degree of confidence uh, in, I have a degree of confidence with the Biden administration, and I will say that President Biden did what I know other you too well for you to believe four that. That's, other that's presidents a talking, where's took the
2: talking point where you just other, read that I, I'm just
0: clutching my mask. <laughs> uh, uh, that four other pre- <laughs> <laughs> that four other presidents took a pass on. So you have to give some credit to that he finally did it. And four other presidents talked about it but took a pass on it. To your point, Although I mean President some Trump, I don't know if he took a pass. I think he was hoping that he'd
1: be in right, office he to finish. He, well, he, ran out of town. he had yeah. a
2: conditions-based withdrawal that he was ready to implement, which is not the same whats what we're seeing. But he Keep didn't. going with your point. Keep
0: no, I mean, my point was that I feel like Biden has some sand, and he he. I, there was no way this was going to be a great— I mean, they've botched it again. Mara, but you but, cannot but
2: say that this, you know, this was always going to be this way. It, I, I did to it. believe that. I,
0: I, I'm just speaking to the underlying. I don't think that there is massive incompetence. I think largely, as you know, within the military— the, these transcend administrations and I have trust and confidence in our military structures and I absolutely have trust and confidence in the empathy. I think that's where you and I are the furthest apart is which I say, no, yeah, I th- there's a ton of empathy there and I and caring and and really deep understanding of He'd that he take area. the
2: political hit he needs to take to make those people, get those people safe if he had the empathy. He wouldn't care what his ratings were. He wouldn't care. He wouldn't keep shaping and playing damage control. He'd admit this thing went horribly, horribly wrong. They did not do it the right way, and he would change course immediately. And he's not.
0: His he's not. He keeps telling people say, that I it's think all their fine. Their eyes are on the prize right now, and that they are getting people out. We. St-
2: but but Mara, appreciate the fact that when he says things, this happened last week. He said people are not having a difficult time getting into the airport, and then they go to the ABC yeah. correspondent saying they can't get out. people are being beat with the rubber. Right. You know yeah. the the ban belts by the Taliban they, there's no way to get in and, and so what he is saying and what is happening on the ground are not, not matching up, up even close right and yeah, that has to remember, change we live in
1: a digital world where right. we can see what's that going has on to change. only so much spin can happen all right we're going to talk more about that this week we're in the lightning round right now because we're running out of time mm-hmm. um, there's a lot to dig into on this issue and we're obviously not going to get to the deep core of this but uh, Natalie Klein um, who sits on the school board has had her fair share of issues where people haven't loved what she said, whether you love it or hate it, over the last, um, I guess, year or so. But this week, after there was a speech from Elder Jeffrey Jeffrey R. Holland at BYU, where he made a reference to the LGBTQ community defending marriage and that being between a man and a woman, saying that it's time to get out our muskets. We could argue all day long whether that was a great idea or not. But she um, ended up tweeting, oddly enough, on that same day, there was, I'm not even going to say what school, but there was, oh, never mind, it was in the tweet. So, Leighton High Seminary. So, this is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Seminary. Whether it was the students or teachers, they had um, a big graphic on a TV when kids came in to class that had uh, the pride flag on there and said, if you are LGBTQIA, we welcome you to seminary. Which... You know, I think is a lovely, welcoming thing to do. Obviously, she took issue with this, tweeted about it, and now uh, the school board is saying that they're reviewing this post for potential board bylaw violations. Do you believe they should be looking at her, Greg, um, for what she said here, or is it her right to say this? And does it even matter if she's weighing in? Because technically, seminary, even though kids go there well at school, is not school, it's church. They're off
2: yeah, I'm all into freedom of speech. I think she can say it, but people can draw their conclusions from it. And if she's an elected board member, it, it could very well. Uh, so, is there accountability
1: here? Is She is she no, not now? Fit remember, to be she's on not the board.
2: one that said this. Get time to get the muskets. Now, muskets might be a, re- a Revolutionary War reference and not it is a literal she's reference. She's just not happy to that they're welcoming LGBTQIA you know, students. But it says Greg's. There, I won't say his name, but someone else is the one that made that muskets. Reference. Yeah, someone else retweeted her. I think it might be a Revolutionary her. War reference more than a actual weaponry. But all that said, that's a huge helpful say, distinction. Say I know, I know. But <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is if you want to take that and you want to draw a conclusion from it, which I think is you know, as people we can, positive or negative, you live with it. But I what I what I am worried about and what I think we're living in the season of is we're going to protect everyone from themselves by by censoring and making sure that only what the sense the person that's censoring it thinks is acceptable can be shared, or and I don't think this rises to some level of, of danger. I don't. I think it's I think it's a statement. And by the way, I, I thought my, that might have been a joke that that was in the seminary. I grew up in where there, in the LDS Church when I grew up, you could listen to hard rock backwards, and it was telling you to like smoke marijuana or something. You weren't allowed supposed to even listen to like Motley Crue and yeah. like Led Zeppelin. That was how bad it is. That's a that <laughs> that's a far cry from that <laughs> from that seminary welcome sign that uh, you know in the climate that I was. When well, I'm, I'm
1: happy to see that they're being welcoming. I don't know that every seminary is the same, but I think it's a good welcoming message when you're coming back to school. Uh, what do you think, Mara? Should she be held accountable for her statements since she sits in an important position on the board? Or can she say these kind of things because it's what her belief and her thoughts and her religion believe in? So
0: of I mean, freedom of speech is strong and it's it, uh, it it's real. But I think one of the things I felt like was appropriate is what they said is we are holding her accountable to her her uh, her elected office. So it's not about there there is a representational caveat to time place and manner Mm -hmm. and what you get to do right it's not it's freedom of speech is not say anything you want anytime anyplace anywhere so i think what was appropriate is to question her because she specifically took a group of students like a kind of student i think if this were speech about a non-student issue or if this was not about the relationship she as a board member held to the population that she was so a populations of students um, you could argue a little more that, like, hey, she's doing her thing, and if she hates, you know, Petunia, so be it. She hates. Like, if it was off-topic, this was a specific bias against a group of students that she articulated, and so I do think it is germane to her executing her job, and I think it's germane to her, um, her sense of decorum uh, and, and her approach. Well, to she her said, body.
2: she said, time to make some phone calls. The world is too much with us. Right, that's what she said. Okay, I don't even really get what that means. I don't know what she's too much with us. I don't even I don't even know what that.
1: I don't even know what her reference is either. And she deleted it afterwards, so obviously I don't know if she. But I just don't know that that's.
2: I don't. I don't know what's. What I You thought that was a compliment. Well, I don't think you have to be complimentary every time you talk, but I. I don't know that that's a call to arms in a violent way or well or I, don't it's, think, it's I don't think i don't think i don't
0: think the threshold has to be a call to arms in a violent way i think when you have a school board member who is um taking a derogatory point of view against a group of students i think it's worth questioning it's certainly worth questioning their d- their short what of if they are gang
2: members and their students we wouldn't want us be i think it's, it's good for gang there. members gang. To i'm to not comparing saying, maybe i'm just saying them out of their game. the rule that you never say anything negative isn't True. I mean, so, there's times.
1: But maybe don't wear your gang colors Really? To about sure. who you are? About no. who
0: you are. No, I, I Not just what you do, but who you are.
2: I just think that's a very broad rule that you're applying. That so I do think honest dialogue we can be critical. I'm going to
0: jump into the deep as a end board of the pool on this one. On in all the lightning topics. I'm not. I'm not picking Are you wearing this a swimsuit up. or are you nude? Did, was uh, this I'm supposed to be lightning this, this yes. one? Yes. And I went and blow it up. This is longer. our lightning round. I so, uh, so I'm only going to toe dip here, and then we can talk <laughs> about it some other time. This uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as many other religions. Um, there is this interesting conversation about a generation of kids who have a very different point of view on the LGBTQ mu- community than does their churches. And it's not just the LDS church, but it was an interesting juxtaposition. It was the first time I have seen a leader in the Mormon church be that specific about the con, the conflict. And I say internal, maybe, yeah. or cognitive dissonance or whatever— and it was interesting that he seemed to perpetuate the dissidents. He seemed to both say, we love you, and we should fight against fundamentally who you are. And again, I say that just without judgment, but it is a very interesting cultural issue for, again, many traditional Orthodox churches. I feel like it's two steps forward, one step back. Like yeah. there's so
1: much room, and the arms come open, and then all of a sudden the arms close again.
0: Right, yeah. So I thought it was an interesting thing this week. I thought that it was um there 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 was a lot that happened he, his speech was actually more interesting to me in many ways on this issue it was the first time yeah. i i have heard the church so uh, well that's not true when they when they said you know you can't be a mormon if your kids are gay that was also or if your parents were gay that was also a moment like this but um, that's a lose
2: lose if they just said we want to convert all the yeah. gay people's kids they would be going People have been going crazy on that one too. But you it is, that was a lose lose. There was no pathway that wasn't offensive. On I that.
0: found his speech very out of voice for what I traditionally know of him. Yeah. And it was just an interesting moment in which it laid clear the mixed message, I thought yeah. very clearly. Yeah. Um, well, we have run out of time. I had all these other topics. I
1: always think we can be so quick, but we're just not. I'm sorry. So we need to talk about water issues next time we're together. Uh, legislative redistricting, they've got that three months to get that all in there super quick. And everyone keeps talking about this busy summer legislative session. Why are they so busy? What are they up to? <laughs> it's so much to talk about. So little time, but we have run out. Uh, tell me one positive thing. It has to be just a sentence, Greg, before we go, because I feel like it's just been a real down over the last few weeks. What's good in your life? One quick thing.
2: Good in my life? Yeah. Kids are healthy. Uh, school started for my youngest. He's excited. Um yeah, it's it's you know, and I I do think we're coming out of as much as we're talking about some of these precautions, vaccines, things. I do believe we're on the on the right side of all this that started in January of 2020, and so I do think that's that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm generally optimistic, and I do like to see people engaged. I know it gets ugly sometimes, but I but apathy is not good for we this country. We all just want either. the best thing yeah, for our people, families. blowing everything off Great. and not caring. That's I not agree. A good thing, I'm going to so. stay
0: general. I am very happy that we are at or below. Uh, average temperature. I really need... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I that need the 80s. I, How about this August? I, it's been beautiful. I don't need the 90s. I need the 80s. You could start throwing in some s- high 70s. I would be okay.
1: The 80s are lovely. If we could just keep them for a while, it just yeah. drops off that cliff so quickly. It does go and I'm quick. going to Glacier National Park next week. Mm. and It gets nippy up there, so I need need to sustain these warm temperatures for a little mm-hmm. bit longer. I'm returning to the first place I ever worked in Missoula, Montana. Nice. nice. Yeah, yes. my daughter was born there, so we're heading back for Labor Day weekend. So it'll be good. I'm glad that we all have happy things going on in our lives. We hope you do, too. Thank you so much for listening. If you like us, give us a rating, tell your friends about us, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs> you?